Welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galing. And this is our podcast exploring the astrological trends and the archetypes of the tarot, giving you tools to live your everyday life with more consciousness. And this is our very first podcast. So exciting. And so, I know, here we are, Stephanie. And, and so what we're going to do in this one is we're going to talk about, of course, January and what the themes are for January 2018. But we're also going to start with an overview for the month of just what the trends are in general for 2018. So why don't you start us off, Stephanie? Okay, so here we are, and welcome to a whole new year. So 2018 already feels so different than 2017. Yeah. We have such big planetary shifts that have happened, that are about to happen, that color this time. So the three things that I want to talk about, I'm just going to name them, and then I'm going to go into details of them. One is that Saturn is now in Capricorn. Yes. It moved into Capricorn on December 19th. Just after a two and a half years. So that's a big deal. Exactly. Then we have Jupiter in Scorpio, which it will stay through November. And then we have the big thing coming, which is Uranus, which stays in a sign for about seven years, moving out of Aries into Taurus for about six or seven months, giving us a sneak peek of what that's going to be like until it returns again in 2019 for its seven-plus-year stay. This is really a big deal because these are all major planetary players, right? And they've all been in these signs for a little while. And so as they shift the signs, the vibrations and the energies really shift. And we're going to, I think we're going to notice, like you're saying, a really big difference between last year and this year. To me, let's really, let's talk about, let's talk about that Saturn in Capricorn. Because Capricorn is Saturn's natal sign. And um, what is that going to be like? So here's the thing. I also want to say, too, what Megan and I feel is so important, right? And, and sort of a lot of the thrust behind why we want to do this podcast is it's not just with astrology looking at What's happening for me? What's happening with my sun sign? What's happening with my chart? It's we can look at these shifts like Saturn and Capricorn and look at how it's coloring the environment, right? Coloring the Cairo so that we can both understand how to better flow with sort of the waves of the quality of the invitation of this time as well as look to see the collective trends that are emerging. And I love that you talk about that it's an invitation. And, you know, we're big believers that astrology shouldn't rule your life, but astrology, you know, what the planets are doing affects the vibrations and the gravitational flows on the planet. So if you know what's going on, you can really align and know better how to work with them. Exactly, right? You see what the opportunities of the moment is, and then you also see what the challenges may be. So if you know and you get that insight in what the challenges may be, a, you become aware of that, and then you can reshift and recalibrate to meet them. Okay, so without more further ado, go. But it's very Saturn and Capricorn, like laying the foundation, which is very much what Saturn and Capricorn will inform us to. So before we get to Saturn and Capricorn, Saturn has been in Sagittarius since the end of 2015. And so in that, and what Saturn does is Saturn shows us the weaknesses, right? It shows us where our foundation does not have integrity, right? And it's the arena where we really then need to work 
hard. So when Saturn is in a sign, we get to collectively see in that realm in which it's in what isn't working. What do we need to attend to? So Sagittarius is very all about our beliefs and our truth and media publishing right? and politics and politics <laughs> and religion and you know beliefs and we've seen a lot of this notion of like beliefs and do they have foundation and what is a belief and people trying to push their beliefs on other people or this notion of what's real and news or fake news mm. right mm-hmm. I mean, it was a big story so um that and it's not like oh those topics are not going to like grab our attention anymore right but the focus will shift and the focus now shifts to Saturn and Capricorn Saturn is very happy in Capricorn it's a sign that it rules so there's a natural sort of sense of I don't I'm hesitant to use the word ease but Saturn is at home there <laughs> yes. so what is Capricorn Capricorn rules the traditional structures business government organizations, the father, the cynic, the patriarchy. So here comes Saturn into Capricorn. Now Saturn's in Capricorn, and we will very much likely be paying attention to those traditional structures. Does our government really work? Right. Do businesses or even like the associations of businesses, or I'm thinking about the financial markets, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, does that work? Does that have integrity? You know, where is it that we may need to shore up its foundation? And the thing is, though, there's the what we gain attention to is where the foundation is not strong. So will we have issues in this that will draw our attention in those realms? Sorry. And it feels also timely, doesn't it? <clears throat> With everything yes. that's going on in the world, in the world governments and in corporations, and like you said, the financial markets, it's going to be a really interesting couple of years. And you know, so here you are talking about those outer structures, which Capricorn is all about, like the, the patriarchal structures. What would you say, Stephanie, about how this might impact each of us on a more individual level? Such a good question. I mean, two ways I would say just if you know your chart, you can look to see like where is Saturn in Capricorn and what is that doing? What house is it in? You know, what planets may be dancing with? But I would just say in general, right, looking at the structures upon which you have built and are building your life. Mm. And Mm -hmm. also given that both Saturn and Capricorn are related to authority, this notion of Really, how how am I authoring my life? How do I hold that sense of authority? And maybe can I pull that even back more? And what do I need so that I can build a greater level of a sense of responsibility, accountability, maybe legacy, and again, owning my own authority. And that is so powerful. Again, I feel like it's so on trend with everything that's (laughs) happening where I think that what we're really realizing that this is a time on planet Earth where we have to take responsibility for our lives, for our actions, for our thoughts, for our communications, that we each as individuals and then collectively are creating this world that we live in. Absolutely. Absolutely. So more on this throughout, you know, the podcast, we'll definitely be talking about Saturn and Saturn and Capricorn a lot. 
So can I move on to... Yes, let's um, talk a little bit about Jupiter. Jupiter, much different, right? Whereas, <laughs> you know, Jupiter is the planet that reminds us where the opportunity is, where is growth. It's that energy of expansion. And Jupiter in October shifted into Scorpio. Woohoo! Right. <laughs> I have a lot of Scorpio in my chart, so that was like a really happy thing. That's great. Because not a lot of some other people. I mean, I think that Scorpio is one of those really misunderstood signs yes. that people have a lot of... Um, can I use the word fear of or you know, because it is so rich and it is so deep yeah. and this is what's so beautiful about so much of this year through November with Jupiter and Scorpio is that we have this collective invitation to realize that growth comes through residing mm-hmm. in these Scorpio realms going into our emotions connecting into what do I really desire mining and unearthing hidden layers of motivation of truth of going into to our fears, right? Our fear of intimacy, our fear of death, our fear of losing control and seeing, you know, instead of ignoring that or ignoring the shadow, which it's still really loud, to own that. Right. And what I really like about this, too, is it's Jupiter energy. You know, Scorpio is so intense. And, you know, this is where I think people a lot of times get really scared or they don't want to deal or going into the shadow and all of that. But Jupiter is this lovely, buoyant, expansive energy, right? So I really feel like it gives us a little bit different opportunity to work with these deep, dark energies in a way that, I don't know, what would you say is it can be a little bit more uh, uh, encouraging. It's like not where you maybe have to like completely like lay yourself bare. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about too, like with Jupiter, like growth through or opportunity through the Scorpio, the revealing of secrets. I mean, when Jupiter went into Scorpio, we had the whole breakthrough of like the Harvey Weinstein and all that Mm. that, or Harvey Weinstein scandal, and all that that then became this sort of um, domino effect, right? Right. In terms of like the secrets and that under sort of world of what has been happening. And people then had that opportunity, women had that opportunity to feel galvanized with courage to speak their voice. It feels very Jupiter and Scorpio. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So it does feel like this opportunity for really deep healing, notably that during the year two, Jupiter and Scorpio will be making this harmonious aspect called a trine to Neptune and Pisces. So I do really feel like we have this incredible opportunity to to go into our dreams, right? You know, to use prayer and meditation to, for a sense of centering, especially in these uncertain times, right? And to really reveal our connection to our faith, right? Using our imagination, using our intuition, coming from a space of compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you wanted to talk a little bit, right? Because this Neptune in Pisces is a well, little personal I, for you. Yes, absolutely. Because um, I have my moon in Pisces and I have had Neptune, uh, universal Neptune on my natal moon for like the last six months, right? And interestingly enough, my moon falls in the eighth house, which is the Scorpio house. And with Neptune on my moon, it's been a very interesting time. Now, of course, Neptune in Pisces is in its native sign. So it's comfortable there. But what I found in my life was a lot of my structures and my boundaries and the way that I live my life every day 
just started to dissolve. Mm-hmm. I'm a really structured person. I have my own business, so I work on this day from this hours and this and that. And all of a sudden, I found that just kind of slipping away where I found myself being more in the moment and and letting go of some of that, that calendar or that schedule. The other thing that is so amazing that came up with uh, Neptune on my moon, Neptune has so much to do with the imagination and creativity. And here it is on my moon, which is like the deepest parts of myself. I really started getting into being an artist. And I've always associated with being the writer. And I, my mother was an artist, moon mother. She passed a couple years ago. And as I, with this Neptune and my moon, all of a sudden I found myself doing artwork and doing this collage artwork. And I've actually begun or almost finished creating this deck of tarot cards. How Pisces, Moon, Neptune, eight houses that of tarot cards during this period. Now, I have to say it was a little bit challenging because there's oftentimes with Neptune, that energy of what's real, what's not real. It can be very confusing. You sometimes don't really know you know, where you're at and what you're, you're doing. But after a conversation with you about this, what I really focused on was learning to go with the flow, to really stay present to every moment and not try to, you know, in any way control that. And it was intimidating, but so many amazing things came out of it. So incredible. So much healing. Right. So yes, for anybody. And healing. Yeah. And even though all of our charts in our lives are different, right? For any, what would you say then to somebody who has, is strongly now moving through a transition where Neptune is prominent in their life, right? I mean, I would, I would say that. surrender. Surrender. <laughs> go with the flow. I, I would mean, say we can see just, from your experience. I think the awareness of once I realized what was going on, I could begin to work with it. And I think that there's so much opportunity to be in a little different reality, if that makes sense. I think we base so much of our lives on this earth reality and time and schedules to just let that go a little bit, to be in that flow and see what it has to show you. That's actually a very spiritual kind of way of looking at things. Mm, Beautiful. Mm -hmm. So for me, just as sort of like um, what's happening in my life related to the astrology, (laughs) going back to the or related to the Jupiter and Scorpio, Jupiter and Scorpio is actually transiting through my sixth house. Mm. Right. So for those um, who may not know, in your astrology chart, you have 12 what's called houses that are the different realms of your life. The sixth house is related to wellness and your health. And it's also related to the systems that the everyday systems you create. So I have found just recently (laughs) that I, and I'm not the most, I'm much more of an intuitive and an imaginative, not necessarily the most structured, organized person. (laughs) But I have found now that Jupiter, the planet related to growth and opportunity is in my sixth house of systems and organization that so much of my energy and so much where I am pulled is about systems and creating and filing mm-hmm. and like I'm just going to start doing like bullet journaling and like <laughs> I just want to like get these things like a new website. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> contained, right? Yeah. So it's really interesting to see that. So just a little sort of personal note for and to see for you like you at home or you in your car, are you listening? Like just if you know your chart, where is Jupiter and Scorpio transiting for you right now and look to see how you may find yourself feeling a sense of 
greater expansion and possibility in that realm. Right. And the other thing is, you know, what we're doing with these podcasts is we're also pulling in the archetypes of the tarot, right? And so if we're looking at 2018, the way we do that, the tarot is based on numerology. And so if we look at 2018, that actually adds up to the number 11. And the card that's associated with the uh, number 11 is actually the justice card. And it's ruled by Libra. And it has a lot to do with balance. And so I feel like the energy of the justice card is where it's kind of like a time of correction. It's a time where we kind of like go, okay, we're at a certain point. Let's take a step back. Let's rebalance. Let's see what's working and what's not working. And so it's really a time, and Libra's a very analytical sign, right? So it's very consciously looking at those aspects of your life that maybe are out of balance, that maybe in these very new energies no longer, you know, apply. So to give yourself this permission, I'm doing this kind of Libra thing of my hands back and forth, to give yourself permission to, you know, to tip the scales a little bit, you know, to like rebalance things in a very, very conscious way. And one of the things about Libra and the Justice card is the Lady Justice in the card holds the sword of truth. And so I look at this card as really getting to the heart or the truth of all matters and not to be afraid to stand in that truth, even if that sword begins to cut away things in your life that no longer work for you. I love that here we are on the heels of Saturn being in Sagittarius, right, which is about really inventorying and assess assessing and getting to the foundation of truth. And that 2018 then is that part of your mantle, right? And your missive is to stand for and cut away for and rebalance to hold that truth. Am I getting that yeah, correctly? Yeah, and you know, yeah, absolutely. And it's really funny because in conversations with both clients and friends, a real buzzword that has keeps coming up is truth. And I think this is part of what you're talking about, about Jupiter and Scorpio is, mm -hmm. you know, getting underneath what is really the truth out there. And I think truth is actually going to be a very big a word and a very big kind of concept in 2018. Yeah. And that's very much the justice card. Mm, I love that. And I just feel like, right, because it was so muddied in the last <laughs> few years, like, what is truth? Mm -hmm. You know, and that we may find, and maybe also with Saturn and Capricorn, like the sense of like ownership and authority. I can rely upon myself even more to really know what is aligned with my deepest beliefs, well, my Senator, deepest values. Because, you know, Libra is exalted in uh, in Saturn. And so it's kind of like that nice Saturn energy, that Libra energy, that picking up the sword and not being afraid if even if it if it cuts. Yeah. You know, even if it like, you know, the truth will set you free. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about one more big thing, yes. big planetary thing yes. for the year? is Uranus right. and Uranus giving us a sneak peek <laughs> of what its seven plus year transit in Taurus is going to be. So mm. Uranus has been in Aries for about seven or so years. You know, Uranus is the planet of revolution, of innovation, of shaking stuff up, of breakthroughs, of breakdowns. Yeah. Right? And so we've seen that in terms of like Aryan realms related mm -hmm. to um Sports, you know, related to revolution, war, related to revolution, related to the individual. Belly, yeah. And now it's moving into Taurus. And I find this really interesting. Yeah. 
Uranus Taurus rules is related to the things of physical form, right? Things that have values, things of the ground, also related to currency and money. And I can't help but think with an innovative um, (laughs) perspective towards that. And then Saturn and Capricorn may be showing us where the weaknesses are in terms of business or banking. And what are we all seeing already right now is this big focus on cryptocurrency and blockchain technology and like uh-huh. Bitcoin and Ethereum yes. and like and all of this that I can't help but think that there'll be an even greater revolution, yes. right? Innovation of currency, money, what has value and the value that it's own, so it, it, it holds. So just that, I have my eye really focused on where that's going to go. That is so great. That is, you know, that's the beauty of astrology. We can start to see these trends and see how they work. I love that, Stephanie. I think that's very on point. Thanks. Yeah, and so just Uranus and Taurus, too, a little bit. Too. So again, we're looking from May through November, right. sort of our sneak peek in November. It dips back <laughs> into Aries, and then it will fully go in next year in 2019 into Taurus. And again, to look at where are things of the earth, our food system, Mm. right? Our land, the things that we see have value, that have beauty, the things that also make up our everyday routine. Mm -hmm. I was actually talking to a couple of friends this weekend. They were talking about like artificial intelligence built into like, you know, the technology of your everyday life, like smart refrigerators or smart technologies. Like, will we maybe see more of that? Again, right. innovation, Uranus with Taurus, those things of like ground. Right. The other thing about Taurus is it's very community oriented. And I think with everything that's going on in the planet right now, we're really looking at how can we come together in more community, whether that's virtual, virtually or otherwise. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so should we? Okay, let's get into January. That was a really great overview. So let's talk about the themes, what's going on for January 2018. So why don't you start us off? So talking about starting off, we actually (laughs) start off the month with a full moon. Yes, yes. So and as we were, you and I were talking before, not only is there one full moon, which is normal, right, right in this month, but there's actually two full moons. So and, and that second full moon right. is an eclipse. So we're going to get to that in a little bit, right? right. So the, the first um, full moon is on January 1st. So we usher in this new year and this new month with this sense of heightened awareness. Mm-hmm. So During Capricorn season, the sun is in Capricorn and the moon for the full moon is in Cancer. So we're always looking at things related to how am I balancing my home personal life with my professional life and the standing that I'm taking out in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this sense of, you know, do I feel like I'm owning this responsibility or this duty, right, to my clan, to my family, to those who I have vowed within myself to nurture and to protect Mm -hmm. and to make sure, though, again, because it's a full moon, there can feel a sense of pulling in opposite directions. How am I honoring both mm-hmm. as well, right? Cap, you know, Cancer is, is an emotionally oriented sign. Capricorn, not so much, right? So there's also that sense of how to balance responsibility and duty and not to acquiesce to that so much that we don't hold our feelings or other people's feelings, you know, and not to not consider them, right? So it's right. how do we balance what do I need, what nourishes me as I 
responsibly and thoughtfully see how I am crafting my life yes. in this world. Yes, and, and the, the full moon in Cancer, of course, Cancer rules the moon. Mm-hmm. And so a full moon in, you know, in its native sign is really, what's well, it really a beautiful thing. But I also think that with the full moon, especially in Cancer, which is a water sign, and as you're saying, it's emotionally, it's feeling oriented, it's a really powerful time for ceremony mm-hmm. or for ritual or really, you know, it, the full moon's so different than the new moon. The full moon is kind of like a time to take a step back and really go in and go into that more reflective or contemplative energies, especially in that very watery Cancerian energy. Yeah. But the thing we need to be aware of around this particular full moon is that it is occurring as the planet Uranus, which we talked about before, is stationing. So what stationing means is that the planet appears to have slowed down and not moving in the sky from our perspective because it's about to shift direction. So Mm -hmm. Uranus on January 2nd is going to shift station direct. So when a planet stations, Uranus in this example, its archetypes appear very, very loud in the collective. Mm. It's almost like everywhere you look, there it is. So what is Uranus? Again, it's rebellion. It's surprise. It's the out of the blue. I didn't see it coming. It's the shakeup. So, you know, I would say that, you know, instead of one of our favorite mantras, right, is like expect during these Uranus times <laughs> is expect the unexpected right. and be ready to pivot and keep your knees bent, right, so right. that you have this sense of agility. So it does feel like the beginning of the year with that full moon and mm-hmm. things being brought to light that there may just very well be shocks and surprises, mm-hmm. you know, and whether they're shocks and surprises from the outside world or also, though, the way to work with that energy is to say, okay, new year, new me, right? right. Like, let me shake it up. Mm. You know, what is the new things and the new ways that I can pivot my life constructively, right? Right. And with that Cancer New Moon, it really, I think if we do you that full from... Moon. Cancer Full Moon. Yeah, right, right. Cancer Full Moon. If we do that from a place of personal sovereignty... You know what I mean? To me, that to me, cancer is really where you come home to self, right? On the deepest sense, if we can like be in that Uranian pivoting, anything can happen. Energy from that place of deep personal sovereignty. Oh my gosh, that's just. I think that can be amazing. Amazing, and then you feel that sense of security. Yes, that like okay, I can weather this storm because. It is within that sense of sovereignty that I can move with all that is changing, yes. all that may seem chaotic. But then if we come from a place of sovereignty, instead of the chaos feeling negative, we can see it as creative ingredients. Yes. Yes. And expansion. Yes. So, expansion. Yes. So just to know, like, there's just like, it's a big times, you know, starting this new year. Okay. So then, do you want to? Well, you go. New moon. New moon. moon. New moon. Full moon, new moon. Full new moon, new moon. So new moon, Capricorn new Mm -hmm. moon on January 16th, right? So Capricorn new moon, new moon, beginning of new cycle, right? And what is getting created is the things in the Capricorn realm, that sense of, you know, what are my bones? You know, what has (laughs) bones? The sense of authority, the sense of what is that that I am creating really pragmatically that I want to build? Plus, it's it's also going to get that, you know, that stabilization from Saturn and Capricorn. So this is going to be our first opportunity with a moon to really kind of explore.
explore that more Saturn energy. And as we were talking about the difference between full moon and new moon, and the new moon is the time where you do set those new intentions and you do look at what's ahead. Yeah. And it's interesting you said that about that in terms of looking ahead. I also would say it just came to me that maybe to look back around the solstice on December 21st, the reason being is not only because it was the first day of Saturn, excuse me, the sun in Capricorn, but Saturn, which had just recently come into Capricorn, came together with with the yes. sun. So really just see that beginning as a benchmark. What got created there? You know, what maybe do I need? Do I want to hold on to with that? That can then guide me forward. You know, which how do I want to sort of reorient or rewrite from there? Also really interesting, though, about this new moon time is that the day before, right, on January 15th, we have the first of the three, Jupiter, our friend Jupiter, <laughs> sextiling with Pluto, right? Yes, the second one occurs yes. in April and then the last one in September. Doesn't mean that they're only strong during, you know, those three dates, but it colors the Kairos for the, this many months. And Jupiter, Pluto does remind us that growth and opportunity comes from really connecting deep within yourself, right? Right. And tell people what, so just so those people out there that don't know, the aspect of a sextile is a harmonious aspect. Exactly. So those two energies are working together somewhat harmoniously. Exactly. So as you look to see what is now do I want to create in my life with this mm -hmm. new moon, it's almost like you may have these celestial support to not just be like, <laughs> What do I want to create? But what do I really want to create? Mm, right? Where you yeah. like sort of go to a deeper level of gravity and, and truth and desire mm. and honesty mm. with that. Yeah. Um, also to say too, right, that you can look at this new moon. I believe it's at about 27 degrees Capricorn. And if you know your chart, where is 27 degrees Capricorn falling for you? Is it falling in your 10th house of career? So mm -hmm. something that you can intention related to, you know, the yes. role you're playing in society and your career. Is it in the 7th house of relationships? You know, do you find that there is this new relationship or relationship dynamic that you want to blossom? So yeah. I always love working with like new moons and full moons in, in clients' personal charts. And, yes. And, you yes. know, to see like what is the opportunity also specific for each individual. Absolutely, because <clears throat> what's happening in the heavens does relate to us each individually in different ways. And what I do like, and it's what you said about the new moon, is it's really a great time to be intentional. Mm -hmm. Because what the intentions that you set really have a lot of zhuzh, <laughs> to zhuzh, lunar zhuzh, to actually happen and to manifest, especially as you get into the full moon. Which brings us to this second full moon of, uh, of the month. And I think they actually call this a blue moon. And we were talking earlier today, I'm like, is there anything to that blue moon? idea besides maybe a, a Frank Sinatra song Thank or something <laughs> romantic but really it's just a terminology right yeah. right so there's two when it's there's the second full moon in a month it's yes. known as the blue moon and what a blue moon yes. what a full moon that this is because it is a lunar eclipse yes now I know a lot of people like 2006 17 where were we 2017 was a big year for yes. people to like be focusing on eclipse eclipse yes. eclipse eclipse and I talked to a lot of people that actually didn't realize that actually there's eclipses yeah. all the time but we were so collectively focused on eclipse because the one at the end of August was visible from the continental 
continental United States, right? right? right. But we do have eclipses, four to six eclipses each year. Mm -hmm. They happen in sort of opposite um, territories of the calendar, as I like to say. And eclipses, this one on January 31st, is a a full moon eclipse. It's also known as a lunar eclipse. Mm -hmm. And lunar eclipses are like, I don't like the word super, like super moon, all of that, but they're like more potent yes, yes. full moon with yes. more on some level um, gravity. Yes. Um, yes. Just, you know, I always say like um, an eclipse is like a full moon on steroids. Yeah, great. You know, perfect. it's like an eclipse is, you know, in esoteric astrology, eclipses actually represent karmic releases. And so however you look at an eclipse, something is, you know, it's a time of releasing on a big deal. It's a really important time to be aware, to be conscious, and to be very mindful. And remember, on these eclipses, people get stimulated. And so this is where you see around you a lot of people acting out. You see a lot of road rage. And, you know, people, especially in, in an unconscious way, really acting on these unconscious feelings. In the moon, there's a little bit of a difference between a solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse. To me, a solar eclipse tends to uh, reflect more of the universal landscape and what's happening out there in governments and politics and dynasties. Um, uh, a moon, a moon eclipse, a lunar eclipse, to me, represents more of the inward. It's more personal. And what's interesting is it's in the sign of Leo, which has so much to do with self-expression. Yes. Right. So with this, we have the, because um, we've already then at the end of the month, the sun is in Aquarius. So the sun is in Aquarius and the moon is in Leo. And so what we're doing is there's also this how to balance those energy, right? Mm -hmm. Aquarius being about the collective and the group and where we all come together for common cause. Right. Leo is about the individual, like who am I and how do I shine? Right. You know, what is my unique individual contribution? So when Leo and Aquarius are, you know, when there's those full mm -hmm. moons, or we're actually the nose are right now, you know, we need to find this way to bridge, you know, the space for the individual to shine, not to overrule mm. the collective, right? But not also to be subsumed by it, right? So how can each person individually hone, own, excuse me, that sense of uniqueness while also feeling that they are banding together with mm -hmm. others who share their visions and their values for progressing something, usually like on a humanitarian level? Well, you know, as you're talking about this, this really reminds me of the concept of the age of Aquarius, right? And I believe, uh, you know, it's up to debate. I don't know what you think that we're in in the age of Aquarius now. And exactly what you're saying about this lunar eclipse is very true about the age of Aquarius, which is the idea of the collective coming together. One planet, one God, with the unique individuality, everybody's unique dharma in service of the collective. So this is a wonderful kind of energy of kind of like seeing that age of Aquarius vibe. Yes. 
especially because, and we'll talk about this in February, that the eclipse in February is an Aquarius mm, new moon solar eclipse. That's right. But the thing about eclipses, they are not limited to, it's not just January 31st, it's eclipse energy, right? right? Like right. the span is usually like weeks before you can start to feel it coming in and weeks after. But the thing to remember is you may connect to this sense that something is getting mm-hmm. more clear or is coming to light. There's a, something is manifesting. And, you know, oftentimes during eclipse season, you may find that life shifting events or awareness mm-hmm. occur. But don't forget, it's still an eclipse. So things are still obscured. Mm. You know, you can feel that there's a sea change, but you may not know exactly, well, where is this taking me? And that is perfect because yes. that yes. is as is. So don't get, you know, and again, like Megan was saying, it's like you're saying, like it's such a sort of ratchet up energetic right. time. Right. Don't put pressure upon yourself to also be like, okay, and this means this. You don't yet know where it's going, right? <laughs> so just to let things unfold. But really to see too, like, you know, what is coming to light for me related to these themes. Right, right. So maybe it's a time to be a little bit more intuitive about things. And also like what you were talking about is look at where that is going to occur in your chart, uh, where you have Leo in your chart, that house. So you can really see maybe what to expect and what's going to unfold there. Yeah. So Stephanie, I know we talked about... Um, oh, wait, oh, oh, wait, before oh, we go oh, into oh, that, oh. before we go into okay. that, I actually just wanted to just follow suit with something we've been talking about too. Like if I think about the strong themes that may come in, really again, looking at also like even collective themes, like, okay, all of us and what we care about in the world and mm-hmm. how can we contribute, right? So almost... You know, if you were going to do some sort of ritual, maybe, or celebration or ceremony, like, you know, something related to art, but it's not just like art and I keep it to myself and it's insular. Or maybe it's like, how can I express creatively my frustrations with the world at large and use that for a creative impulse that allows me to move that out of myself and create something outside of myself that may also help benefit and may inspire and maybe inspire other people along you know as you're doing that exactly so okay and sorry so that's okay no this is so great so i think we want to kind of end up with our theme for the month with we're going to do a tarot card every month just like we talked about for the year and i pick a card at random from uh from the from my deck of tarot cards and it was really interesting so the card that I picked for January 2018 was the Four of Wands. Now, the Four of Wands is from the Minor Arcana, and the the Wands are the suit of fire. So here we are talking about that Leo energy and creativity, mm. and Wands are like the spark of light, and they're our individuality, and Wands represent, you know, the drama of life, their vitality, and it's all about growth. Now, the uh, Wands in the number four, fours are numbers about stability, right? And so numbers, four is a number of foundations, but it's in the sign of Aries. It's actually Venus in Aries is the planetary ruler for the four of wands. So we've got this Venetian kind of energy here in fire. So what does that mean? Venus is all about love and relationships and community and celebration, right? And in Aries, we've got this energy of confidence and self-esteem. And so the energy around the four of wands is take a step back enjoy the moment celebrate all your accomplishments no matter how big or small
small, and also on an ego level. It represents a feeling of coming into some success or self-confidence or worthiness where you can open your heart, very Venus, and share it with others and in turn allow others to come into their own recognition and their own celebration of self. So it's actually a really lovely, powerful energy for the month. That's beautiful. So right for people to really see that's the yet another potentiality mm-hmm. of the month and to orient from that perspective. Absolutely. Oh, beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. So this wraps up yes. our first Yay. So Divine podcast for 2000, January 2018. Um, we wanted to share too that if you have anything to share with us, questions, feedback, thoughts on things that you would like to hear us talk about, please don't hesitate to contact us at so divine ventures at gmail.com or you can go to find out more about stephanie or myself you can go to our websites i'm meganskinner.com lots of information about me and sessions on all sorts of things or stephanie's at stephaniegaling.com again a lot of information about her and her services as well or find us on instagram instagram facebook we're out there so please reach out and connect and thank you so much for joining us for January's edition of So So Divine. Divine.